What's up, guys? So in today's episode, I have a pretty cool little clip for you. I was recently featured on the Daba Jiu-Jitsu podcast. This is actually a podcast run by one of my uh, coaching students that's online. His name is Joshua Daba. He's located in New Braunfels, Texas. He's a four-stripe blue belt. So he's been in my coaching program for about a year, roughly, and uh, he asked me to come on. And this is just one of the sections that we talked about in about an hour or so long podcast that he'll be releasing in multiple parts. So I figured I would release it on my channel as well too. That way you guys can uh, hear the good information and the good chat that we had in this segment. It's about jujitsu warmups and talking about kind of class structure and just kind of my views and thoughts of that as a black belt. So um, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Make sure you guys go check out his full podcast. It's the Daba Jiu Jitsu podcast. There is a video version available on YouTube, so you guys can search that out. But he's also got a slew of other episodes. So if you guys are liking Jiu Jitsu podcasts, it's probably a pretty good one for you guys to check out. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy, and I'll see you later. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another segment of the Daba Jiu Jitsu podcast. Um, so today I was able to interview Chasen Hill. He is a black belt up in Oklahoma. Um, very wrestler heavy, um, you know, state that he's up, up there, uh, a lot of good information. I'm actually in his program where we meet weekly and we kind of just talk about jujitsu and kind of maybe the problems I'm having that week or those classes or, you know, something I can tighten up or, or work on. Um, and yeah, he just helps me level up my game and, um, go, go from there. So, uh, this is a little tidbit. I'm trying to go to the video aspect for the podcast. So, if this is something you like, please let me know in the comments. Please let me know for the review. And uh, yeah, we'll get into it right here. I'll just uh, touch on two more real quick. So you mentioned warm-ups. Mm. So uh, yeah, we're going to dive into this rabbit hole. Um, what, are you, what are your takes on warm-ups? What are your takes on um, people skipping warm-ups purposely, maybe missing warm-ups, um, coming in late, coming in too late? When is too late exactly? <laughs> Um, is, is there such thing as coming in too late? You know, I know that I just threw a lot at you, but let's, yeah. And I have a lot of thoughts. So purple belts, you are the ones that miss the warmups the most. I'm calling you out purple belts. Um, I don't know what it is either because it's funny that you say this. Cause we had a belt promotion in October at my gym and we promoted three guys to purple belt. And I swear within the first two weeks all of a sudden these dudes showed up like it wasn't a lot late but it was like two or three minutes late like after the warm-ups had started that's what i consider late if i'm saying okay take a jog and we've already started and you're now walking in the door you're late um it's just funny because they were like never late and then it was two weeks after they all magically became late i don't know what it is about purple belt i don't know what it is about getting the belt that all of a sudden makes you late now so um <laughs> so I think maybe because it's maybe socially acceptable at that point because they don't see it at blue belt because they have that that voice in their head saying like oh man i, I still gotta i still gotta get there on time yeah i think that at blue belt you also think your time is scarce i think at blue belt you think that you're wanting to do everything you can to get better so like every every second counts as opposed to purple belts are like well, I'm just going to be here tomorrow. Like they've already been doing it for five, six years. So they already probably know, like 
oh, is that five minutes I get there that much earlier? Is, is that really going to make a difference? Yeah. Which I think is a healthy mindset not to over be over anxious and stressed about like every second. At the same time as an etiquette problem, being an instructor, I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> because what it does is it sets a bad example for the lower belts. That's the problem with it. Sure, sure. Um, so what what do you end up doing whenever people do end up coming in late? Um, I know there's different etiquettes out there. I know there's some instructors that want, hey, uh, you, you wait at the edge of the mat until like I'll I'll wave you on, or if they're mm -hmm. in the instruction, don't just jump in and like say hi and then you know, like like what 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 do you typically do whenever people are are like two or three minutes late? And then I'm gonna ask you what about the later later people? Yeah. So two or three minutes late, I don't really do anything. I kind of give them good guilt. I call I shame them in front of everybody. Not really to be like to think it's gonna stop them from doing it, but just to call it out, make it obvious. And that kind of helps cur curve the lower belts from doing it in, in the immediate act. Um, now, if it was like a chronic, like into uh, jujitsu is not life, guys. This is coming from a guy that's trained jujitsu for 13 years and has spent like every, in my 20s, I trained seven days a week. I taught like classes from five o'clock at night to nine o'clock at night, five, six days a week taught 15 hours a week of privates. Like I've taught a lot of jujitsu in my life. Jujitsu is not life. If it's anybody's life, it's mine. So people who are coming in late, you have to know why they're coming in late. Maybe they, their kid was sick. Maybe this happened. Maybe they needed a ride. Like there, there's a lot of factors in that. So I don't want to say something to somebody and like scream at them by, by not knowing the situation. Right. So if it's a problem, like if I notice it's a problem, I'll pull them off and be like, hey, why are you always late? And if they give me like a thing, like whatever, I'll talk to them, right? I'll I'll talk to them and, and be like, okay, cool. Thank you for telling me. I understand that. I'm not going to guilt you for being five or two or three minutes late like that. Like that's not, it's not a problem, right? In the grand scheme of things. Now, if you're just being like lazy and you're just like, whatever, then I'm, we're probably going to have a talk, especially if you're a purple belt. Um, and I'll, and I'll explain to them why, Hey, you're setting the bad example for the lower belts, all of these things. Right. And then if they get into this argument of like, well, I just don't see it being important. Then that's a conversation we got to explore a little bit deeper of why you don't think it's important. Right. You see what I'm saying? So there's yeah. multiple factors of why that could happen. And, and I think, I think one of the caveats that I was going to throw at you was, um, w working out. Um, say, say they're coming from like another workout and they say, and I say they, this, this tends to be my situation a lot. Cause mm -hmm. I, I typically, my day consists of going to golds. And then once I'm done with my workout, I'll try to squeeze it in as quick as I can. And I notice I rush my workouts a little bit because I know I got to make it to jujitsu at this time. Mm -hmm. I don't like having to rush my workouts though. And if I'm already getting a sufficient warm up at doing weights or whatever i know i know we're kind of getting into a gray area with the warm-ups and mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. like that but i think this is a caveat that we can explore a little bit what what if you have so, somebody who doesn't want to do the warm-ups because they view the warm-up that they just did was sufficient let me let me ask you that so you asked the right question the question is 
that the person who is missing the warm up doesn't find it of value. If they found it of value, they'd be there. So if you're making people do push-ups and sit-ups and squats, there's no value. They, but if I said, hey, guys, we're going to learn how to Iminari roll today, and I'm going to teach you guys how to shoulder roll and invert and be able to do that like that, so don't miss the warm-ups, how many more people would show up? Oh, I think I think everybody would show up. <laughs> exactly. So they've been trained to depreciate the warm-up by Purple Belt. Yeah. Because they know that it's just like jogging in circles. And a lot of times that's the jiu-jitsu instructor like, I've done it. I'll, I mean, I'll say mm -hmm. it like, it, I, like you just get used to saying certain things. You just get used to like, okay, guys. Yeah. I, I want to get to it personally. I just don't think like that. The warmups, like honestly have that much value because it's just it, like, I would rather get into drilling the technique. Like I'm going to say, okay, go down and back a couple of times, run around, move around. My goal is to be done within like five minutes or less. And at least drilling the technique, like a previous technique. And you wouldn't miss that. Yeah. Or if you came in late, you're only going to come in like two or three minutes late. That's better than 10 minutes late. Right. Right. Um, for for warmups, do you ever end up doing like flow rounds or like like games or something like that? Uh, like you can't use your hands, but you're going to like do a like a flow roll without your hands. Like you sometimes, anything? sometimes, but I, I think it's in my opinion, students don't stay disciplined. They just turns into a roll. <laughs> it just it like i'm not saying that it's impossible i just think it turns into a roll you have to teach them how to do it like i think flow rolling is one of the coolest things ever if you can find a partner who actually knows how to do it mm -hmm. like well, my instructor he, he will literally call it an old man roll he'll like grab me and he'll be like hey will you old man roll with me what he's asking me to do is flow roll basically what we do is he'll mount me he'll let me escape put him in the guard and I will sweep him with whatever sweep I want. And then I will let him do whatever move he wants to do. So it's right. tick for tat. It's ping pong. That causes that's discipline. You have to have discipline. You have to have a partner that's willing to do that. Cause I've taught people how to do that. And it just turns into a role. Like in 30 seconds, the ego gets in the way I'm sure. Cause so maybe, maybe the energy amps up over here and they're like, Oh man, I got to, and it turns into it's just part of it. And that's a, that's a, to me, it, the ego stems from a lack of confidence. They're not confident that they're going to be able to do whatever. Like me and him are both black belts. I've trained with him for 13 years. I know his game. He knows my game. It doesn't mean anything if I tap him and it doesn't mean anything if he taps me. There's no point. So like we're rolling. I'm trying to experience as many positions. The goal of flow rolling should be to experience as many different positions as possible. Yeah. That's the whole goal of flow rolling. Even if you do the same 70 techniques, but you experience them on all different positions, that's great. Well, and and just to kind of jump a little tangent here, um, I've actually noticed that with some training partners, it's actually really cool finding those training partners where you get to the live role and it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of like you're exploring all these different positions but you're amping the energy up. You're up in the intensity. Y'all are actually like kind of going for submissions, but like maybe not to a hundred percent to completion. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But And, and not to say that you're like letting them get out of positions, but it's, it's, it's ends up being a really good back and forth. Sure. So I love, love finding that in a training partner. And it, yeah, where to find that too. The problem is it takes time to build a training partner. Like that's what I'm saying. You can't break your toys. Like you can't, 
you have to understand that the work that you're putting into your student or training partner is what is going to pay off in the long run. It's going to make you better, but you got to, people don't want to do it. People don't want to sack. People look at it as a sacrifice. They're sacrificing their needs for somebody else's, but you have to learn how to build your needs together. Yeah, I got you. It's like a relationship. It's like in like a marriage, you know, you're married. You know that you can't, you, you gotta, you gotta, what's the word? Yeah. Uh, you gotta give some to take some, you know, you gotta concede on certain things, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, can you kind of talk about uh, if somebody shows up really late? 10 minutes, like 10, 15, 20 minutes late. Uh, yeah. I was thinking more like 20, 30 minutes late um, because, and and just to give a, a little bit of a background on this, because um, these, these do stem from ideas that I have. I, had every intention of being there on time, right? So I just mm. want to put this out there. I had every intention of being there on time. I fell asleep and I did not set an alarm. I ended up waking up. I think it was like 7.15. Class started at 6.45. I'm already 30 minutes late. And it ends at 8.15 or 8 o'clock. It kind of goes in. And I look at the clock and I'm like, man, I can't go now because I'm I'm too late. And so... I talked myself out of that because I said, well, it's not like this is a, a habitual thing. It, it's, it's a one-time thing. I ended up getting my stuff together real quick. I ended up going, I ended up rolling for the last 30 minutes and um, ended up being really good roll. So yeah, just, just to give you some background on, on where this question instructor was cool with it. Everything was good with it. Yeah. So he, he, um, he had me come in and uh, you know, I, he always wants us to come say hi to him. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, the, the respect thing. And um, it, all he said was, hey, just make sure you're thoroughly warmed up. Um, I, I want to make sure that you're warmed up because I don't want you to get hurt coming in so fresh. And I thought that was, I was like, okay, cool, perfect. So I spent the rest of that round in the corner, drilling, doing stuff, doing like, you know, take uh, double leg shots or whatever, and just kind of warming up on my own. But for you being instructor, where do you see your students coming in late on the, how do you view that and how do you approach that? Yeah. So I, I guess I've been, I don't know if you call it lucky, but I've, I've not had that the, the, the late, late for a long, I'd have not experienced that a bunch. I have had it, but it's not like been a habitual problem. I think one way that we curve that is once again, by making the class of a certain value in the structure. So like, you know, if they, they're missing all of that, if they're like, your incidents was very specific, like you missed it on accident. That's different. Like I've heard of students like purposely missing like this. I'll just say the story that I've had to deal with. I literally had a student who told me that they knew the class structure. They knew the warm up, they knew the drill, and they knew what time that we roughly started sparring. They purposely missed only to come into spar. That pissed me off because that's telling me that you're above everybody else, that for some reason you get special treatment, for some reason, whatever. And it's not like time constraint was an issue. It was like they did it on purpose. Right, right. Right. And yeah. I just think that that, once again, it sets a bad example. It sets whatever. And it, it to me as an instructor, it tells me that you're too good to learn anything else. Yeah, which is like absolutely bullshit. <laughs> no one is too good to learn anything else. 
Now, that's why if your school has open mats and it has whatever and you just want rolling time, then go do that. But it just seems like like to skip everything else and to come in, it, it you know, it just it to me, it just causes disruption with everybody else. It basically is saying that you are more important, like, um, like people do need to care about themselves. I'm not saying that, but how much is your need so important that it ruins everybody else's? Sure. Right. Well, and the person, if that person was here on time, that, that could be somebody that, you know, was helping me, uh, you know, sharpen, sharpen my technique a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I missed as an instructor, like what I think, um, I think what also, uh, blue belts and like purple belts can think themselves about what you guys are, what you don't realize is you guys are actually like mini instructors. So jujitsu instructors, if you only have like, let's say you have five black belts at your gym and you've got 200 students, there's no way all five black belts could teach all 200 students and dedicate enough time to quality of showing everybody everything. So like they're relying on you as a blue and purple belt to pass along the information that they have taught you to the student too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're absolutely right that, and this student was a blue belt at the time. They were like a mid blue belt. And that like irritated me. I was like, you're missing the whole point. The whole point of jujitsu, like one of the, I think the coolest things about it, which this is, this could be a whole separate podcast. This, this topic I'm about to go into that. I think a lot of the sport community um, is killing is the idea of it being like a martial art and a discipline in the way that you respect and honor and the way that you're there to help out other people. Um, so I think that's one of the unique things that a martial art can do, whether it's karate, taekwondo, traditional arts is like, there's a community aspect to it that you're learning from other people's experience and that you're communicating with people and whatever. I think the sport community, a lot of times it's like, oh, well, I have this tournament, so I'm going to worry about myself and just screw over everybody else and beat them up and use them as tackling dummies and not worry about anybody else's experience. Right. So like that, exactly. So like what you're doing is like when you choose to do that on purpose, you're pulling away from that martial arts based community aspect of it as well, as long with all that, the other stuff. Maybe that person had to sit out on a technique because there's maybe there was an odd number of people and yeah. you didn't even factor in. So yeah, um, no, that definitely makes sense. And yeah, it's. And, and if it was a habitual problem, I would like, like, like you, like if that happened, I'd be like, Hey man, like, and I'd probably joke with you too. I'd probably be like, bro, way to come in 30 minutes late. Like what happened? And if you were like, Oh dude, I overslept and it never happened. I, I honestly, me, I wouldn't care. Like, I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, come on in. But this student, it was happening over and over. And then when I asked them, they just flat out said, well, because I only like sparring, I don't like drilling. And I was like, Oh, we have a problem. And, and two, also coming, looking at it from my perspective, I know some people are going to be like, well, they're a student, they pay money, right? They can do what they want. They pay money. It's their tuition, whatever. Here's the thing. It's also my business. So what's going to happen is if I have one bad fish in my pond, it ruins the rest of the pond. So if you're not doing what I think is best for the rest of the pond, I will cancel your membership and ask you to go somewhere else. Yeah. Like jujitsu instructors will do that too. They will, they're so worried about the money and the financial commitment. They won't do certain things like that 
and get rid of certain bad fishes out of ponds because they need the financial capital of it. Yeah. That's all, like I said, that's, that's, this is literally a whole separate tangent that could go on for hours in that way too. Yeah. But it, it definitely makes sense the way you're, you're explaining it. I, I never thought about it. Um, and in, in some of the aspects you were talking about. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think to, to kind of summarize what we just talked about with the whole warmups, uh, it's, it, it goes back to, like you said, providing the value to them. And so I think, I think a lot of people would find the value if they knew that they could come in and whether it be an MNRI role or maybe learning the, the escape from what it just low role, like they knew they were going to flow roll. Like they knew what to expect. Like they knew what, instead of just like jogging around doing some push-ups and sit-ups. Yeah. Right. 